Hello everyone, this is One Control Report Podcast. Episode I don't know. <laughs> um Um I am actually if you're when you're hearing this, I'm actually in Japan right now, so I, I do not have the resources to record a proper podcast <laughs> at this time, but I went ahead and pre-recorded some stuff. So this is one of the pre-recorded episodes quite a bit ahead of time, so I, I'm not sure if uh where this will fall in the episode number, probably 130 something, but um but yeah, so because we're, we're, we're recording this uh, not in in the moment, uh, obviously I can't be exactly like timely. Um, so so I'm gonna try to tackle a topic that I view as something that's kind of you know not really a, a something that needs to be happening at a specific time. Um, one of those things, and I'm not sure how long this podcast is gonna be or how in depth it is. We're gonna kind of probably fill this out as we go. But uh, but one of those things. Or I guess the the idea I had was um I have this thing where I like every three months I and there's no particular thing that triggers this just it seems to happen randomly depending on who I'm talking with or or some kind of conversation but every every three to six months uh, I end up making a list of my like or like a ranking list of the Final Fantasy games that I've played um, and. This list is always changing. It's a gut list. So so what I'm saying, what I'm about to say does not necessarily not necessarily set in stone. It's not like it's supposed to be like an objective list either. It is 100% me and and I think a lot of choices on here actually you will probably very much disagree with where they're placed, particularly the higher ones. <laughs> um um, but yeah, so I thought we maybe, maybe I'll just go ahead and go through, through all, essentially the mainline Final Fantasies. There are some exceptions here, so we're actually going to be not just doing a 15 numbered list. There are some things that I want to be more specific about that is going to, that's going to add on some extra numbers to this list. Uh, and I'll explain those as I get there. Um, but you know, like I, if, you know, uh, basically this is mainly main numbered Final Fantasies. But there are certain situations where the main number of Final Fantasies has some ex- extra content around that that I think is relevant to this list. So, so yeah, unlike the first kiss story, best 12 girls thing, I'm going to actually put numbers on these. Um, and, and we're just going to start from the bottom and go up, I think, is, is probably the best thing to do. So, so I think... In terms of my personal opinions on Final Fantasy, uh, my my number seventeen, my my bottom of the barrel Final Fantasy, uh, is pretty much in line with most people. Uh, maybe maybe some people would feel like Final Fantasy fourteen one point would fall down here, but but to me, it's Final Fantasy two. Um, and I don't think that's a, a shocking, uh, answer, but Final Fantasy 2 is just a really weird game, and I played the, the GBA version, so I, f- I think it was called, like, the Dawn of, Dawn of Souls, no, I think that's ca- Castlevania, I don't know, so Dawn of Spirits, I, I don't know, it, it was some, some GBA port, and, and it was basically, like, the easy versions of Final Fantasy 2, 1 and 2 on that, that cartridge, and, um, yeah, I just, it's a game that I never really found a good flow with. It, it's admittedly been a long time, and you know, if you don't know, Final Fantasy 2 has like a weird leveling system where it's like specific skills and how often you use skills determine how much certain attributes on a character level. So you, so you really have the, the opportunity to really customize a character, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of, you know, making sure a character is in a position where they're using the skills they have, like getting hit, attacking with swords, using magic, things like that. Um, and it's a fascinating game, and I think some of the side characters are kind of fun, or rather they're kind of interesting to see, you know, knowing what other side characters would appear in future titles. There's, like, basically a prototype Kane in there. There's, like, a pirate lady, and these are, like, character types that you'd see in Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy V, things like that. And it's kind of nice to see these characters kind of play out. Uh, I believe this is also kind of... <laughs> spoilers, uh, but I believe... Um, all these characters die, actually. And so one of the more interesting things, the, the side characters die. And one of the more interesting things is that I think at in the at least in the Game Boy Advance version, there's like a bonus mode where you play all the, the characters who died in like the underworld or something. I played it for a little bit and I like the concept of it, but I did like unfortunately I don't like playing Final Fantasy 2 enough. Uh, I feel like that game's like just a random dice roll of how well you do, at least in my opinion, which I mean is 
technically all RPGs, but like I, I was playing against the final boss and my entire party kept wiping over and over again. And then one time I had one person stay alive and they basically soloed the entire boss fight the whole way through. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. That's a fa- very Final Fantasy 2 thing to happen. So, so yeah, Final Fantasy 2, bottom of my list. Second one up, so number 16, Final Fantasy 1. I, I liked Final Fantasy 1 a lot when I played it. Um, this is on that same collection. And, um, well, the, I, the GBA collection where I played, so I didn't play the original Final Fantasy 1. Same thing, I didn't play the original Final Fantasy 2. Um, I don't really have a ton to say about this game at this point. I, 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 I feel like it's a pretty straightforward RPG, and it's, it's, it's interesting to see, like, the, the roots of, of, of the game and just kind of what it does tell you when it doesn't tell you. Like, I gave my monks nunchucks very early on because I'm like, yeah, yeah, equip a weapon. Um, but, but you, what you find out, like, you have to really pay attention to your stats because, like, the, the nunchucks on the monk, like, completely destroy their attack power. It's not, at least in my experience, you, you, it's better for them to just punch with their fists and stuff. So, so you're really like kind of learning some of the foundations of these these games and stuff. I really don't feel like I have a ton to say about Final Fantasy 1 other than I do think it's a better game than Final Fantasy 2. Um Final Fantasy 3 and like I think and the reason why all these these games are kind of the bottom barrels I feel like 8-bit RPGs in particular just generally don't age well. So Final Fantasy 3 I played the DS version like most, you know, westerners. And and I did like the character design a lot. These character designs kind of went on to kind of I don't know if inspires the right word, but but kind of went into the uh, Four Warriors of Light and the Bravely Default series, and 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 you can kind of see the the early workings of these like job outfits and and just kind of I don't know how to how to explain the characters. It's like kind of everyone's kind of like a a weird lemming <laughs> kind of, but with like you know hair and and clothes, and and it actually looks very very good, and and it's really well reflected in the in game uh, character models. Um, I just think it's a very charming looking game and, and the production values for an early DS game, I think were really good. The, the, the biggest thing is that just the, the, the structure there, it still feels like an 8-bit game. Like the story doesn't really matter. I mean, the original Final Fantasy 3 doesn't have like a named protagonist. So, or named protagonists, you have like four onion knights and that's it. Where this one has actually care, some characters, but they... They don't. They never went far enough to make it feel like a. They, these characters were really a part of the world. Um, they're they they're kind of just some extra bits of dialogue here and there that are kind of nice flourishes to the game, but they they never really create a coherent story with the, with the, all these you know four people. I kind of wish they would revisit this game and really blow out the story on it and 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 try to create something that's a bit more in line with Final Fantasy IV. But maybe just the restrictions of the original eight bit game would just prevent that from from ever happening number 15 or uh 14 (laughs) i feel like saying 14 on like these numbers like mixes up but uh but number 14 on the list final fantasy 12 final fantasy 12 is a game that gets is has the short end of the stick for me the problem with final fantasy 12 for me is less about the game itself and more of how I played it. Um, at the time, I really didn't have a lot of interest in playing Final Fantasy XII. And like I said, this is more a gut list, not as a like objective, oh, I fully played and understand and comprehend all these games. Uh, this is just a gut list based off my experiences with the games and everything like that. But uh, with Final Fantasy XII, I didn't really understand, and I played the base one, um, I didn't really understand the Gambit system at the time. And, and what I ended up doing, and I think this happened to a lot of people, I end up creating characters that are all kind of the same mesh of characters. So so everybody just was healing, everybody was attacking, everybody was taking damage. It's like nobody did one thing well or or anything like that. And and that was really my my biggest weakness in that game is is it was just a struggle because nobody was specialized. Everybody was like a jack of all trades. And inevitably what just would happen is everybody would hit stuff until they lost enough health and they'd sit there and cast cure on each other. Um, but I also wasn't super interested in playing the game, and I continued to lose interest. And I stretched out Final Fantasy XII probably over the course of, like, one to two years. And not in the sense of, like, I played it in chunks like I do sometimes with some JRPGs now. Um, in the sense of I played it maybe, like, an hour every, you know, every month, every couple of weeks or something like that. So, yeah, I guess every couple of weeks would probably, probably work out. And I really, because I was playing so little, like 
so so rarely i really lost all concept of the story mechanics of the game things like that and and final fantasy 12 unfortunately because of my inability to play that game well um uh sits pretty low on my list i do really like uh bosh as a character and balthier um i do not care for vaughn very much and and whatever that one girl's name is I've never been a big fan of a fan of Fran either. I'm not sure why people like her so much other than just, you know, tall, tall, slim, curvy bunny lady or whatever they are. Viera. Is that what they're called? That sounds right. Um, so, yeah. And I would like to replay that game someday, but but I don't really know what version I'll end up, end up playing. If I'll replay the original PS2 version or try one of the Zodiac Age versions. Number 13 on my list, Final Fantasy I'm kind of a Final Fantasy 4 hater. <laughs> um, um, I I think Final Fantasy 4 is great from like the perspective of it of history and like the foundation it set for the modern JRPG in terms of its storytelling. And you know, like like I said, Final Fantasy 3, even the DS version desperately tried to like cobble together a story for these characters. Final Fantasy 4 let me say this. Final Fantasy IV, I believe, def- delivers on that. The, the The issue is, is that I've only ever played the DS remake of Final Fantasy IV, so I can't really speak to the original Super Nintendo game. But from what is in the DS remake, if that is faithful to the Super Nintendo game, other than I assume the translation is probably quite a bit different, but, you know, translation's kind of a, a weird thing. That's not really Final Fantasy IV's fault, per se, but it is, you know, the part of the localization of Final Fantasy IV. Um... But yeah, it's just, it's a very, it's a very straightforward game in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, it, it was setting the groundwork for this, this stuff. And I, I really appreciate it for doing that. But when it comes to being a game today, I, I, I really don't love Final Fantasy 4. I honestly typically recommend people skip it just cause I'm like, it's cool, but it doesn't really super deliver on on anything super well it, it basically just sets sets up you know the the final fantasy series going forward and it does it does do the things final fantasy does so if you do play final fantasy 4 you'll you'll get the complete final fantasy experience unlike the previous 8-bit final fantasies um but but it just doesn't really do a lot with it at times um but i will say that ds remake is fantastic like i love the voice acting i love the cinematic camera work I, I would really like to see more, you know, more, and, you know, they're doing the Final Fantasy VII remake now, um, you know, more older Final Fantasy games just get a complete rework. Like, I would love to see Final Fantasy III DS just com- get a complete rework to it. Like, yeah, I, yeah I, I feel like those old Final Fantasies would really benefit from that in, in some cases. Maybe not five and six so much, but I think four at least really did. And I feel like the eight bit ones with the proper care and, you know, expansion of story content could could really go out of the go or turn into something that'd be kind of interesting to look at. Um number twelve on my list, Final Fantasy 13. I actually like Final Fantasy 13 quite a bit, but I would say it's um you know, and, and when where this lands on this list, it's a slightly below average Final Fantasy to me. Um, I would say I pretty much agree with the complaints with most people where the battle system takes a while to get going. You know, it's a good 20 hours until they really give you everything. Probably around 12 to 15 hours before you start, like, you know, really getting in the groove of using the uh, paradigm shift. I think it's what it's called, where you, like, change job roles actively mid-battle. Um, but I will say, like... As a game, it, it's pretty solid. It's it's a pretty solid game. It feels like a a a kind of you know broke broken down Final Fantasy X. Like it, like a lot of Final Fantasy X is like adapting to the battle on the fly by switching in different characters to to address individual enemies that come into the field, and and you know you want to switch in healers so they can heal and switch them out for damage dealers while they're attacking things like that. And that's essentially what Final Fantasy 13's core combat system is. You're switching people's jobs on the fly so they kind of adapt to the battle and adapt to the enemies you're facing. Um, I will say I never really got into the core Final Fantasy 13 story. I really don't remember anything about it, and and I never I don't have a love for any of those characters really in Final Fantasy 13. I think I think they're all fine. Uh, but this will not be the last word we've heard, we've heard of Final Fantasy XIII on this list, so so we'll come back to that. But in terms of the base Final Fantasy XIII, it's a game that I like. I it doesn't deserve the hate it gets, 
um for sure but but at the same time like if somebody were like hey should i play final fantasy 13 i don't know if i have a i I could say yes easily like it's a fine game but it's not something i'd like say hey this is where you should start final fantasy with maybe as your 12th final fantasy (laughs) number 11 final fantasy 14 a realm reborn um I'm not going to get too deep into some stuff with this. It's going to be hard to talk about this because spoilers, Final Fa- another version of Final Fantasy 14 is on my list here. <laughs> so, but I would say Final Fantasy 14, a realm reborn is essentially the latest of that game. As far as I personally know, basically I got up to like 3.0 and on content. So, so let's say, you know, uh, 2.0 to 3.0 in terms of content. And, and I really like, um, and you know, but some of this is also, I'm playing 3.0 content when like four, like late 4.0 is happening. So, so, you know, obviously the game changes cause it's an MMO and it's evolving over time. Um, but, but I think with Final Fantasy 14 and I'm trying to be better about explaining how I feel about Final Fantasy 14 and I feel like I'm not there yet still. Um, but a lot of it, I think comes down to, um, um, the, the customization of characters, you, you really don't have a lot of customization on your character these days. Uh, it, it, it has a very strict set of, of stats that they they want you to funnel into. Like if you're a paladin, it seems like you basically just invest all your stats into vitality and there might be some late game, like accuracy and attack stuff you can invest in. But you know, when I was playing it, at least it had seen to that stuff was being de-emphasized more and more and more. And it eventually felt like I was on this constant climb to get new gear. That was basically just more of the stat I already had rather than a piece of gear that particularly excelled in any, any particular situation. Um, you know, if I wanted a, a, a piece of armor that may have been good, if I was, if I was running like a low level dungeon, I was like, Hey, I want to take like an attack, attack armor or something instead of a tank armor and and so i can help kill things faster but then when i'm on like a big boss i want to switch on my my heavy duty tank gear and stuff like that um i i feel like you're you you are kind of missing that style of of customization and they took out things like from final fantasy well from even early 2.0 like the cross class skills where you can be like oh i want to use white mage's stone skin on my paladin and use that as like a defensive technique and things like that um I feel like Final Fantasy 14 has really, or 2.0 and beyond, has really kind of just taken away everything that I, as a longtime Final Fantasy 11 player, uh, liked about Final Fantasy 11, and and even liked about Final Fantasy 14 1.0, and just kind of slowly shredded that stuff away in in the in the the interest of having you know a a core funnel of gear progression. Again, I've not played this game significantly for probably the last half decade. So what I'm saying here today is my impression from when that game came out, essentially. A Realm Reborn came out, essentially. Um, I will say the story and characters are still great. I still love them. It's why I keep going back. I want to I see where that story goes. I love all the flavor text. I love the world design of A Realm Reborn. I was not loving Heaven's Worlds areas very much, or Heaven's Words areas very much. But, but yeah, I think we'll skip on that for now. We're going to be back to Final Fantasy 14. Don't worry about it. Um, number 10 on this list, Final Fantasy 8. Uh, Final Fantasy 8 is another situation of, I. Uh, it's a game under unfortunate circumstances for me. Although the more I hear people talk about Final Fantasy 8, it sounds like it gives a game of unfortunate circumstances for a lot of people. <laughs> um, I, I kind of uh, did not understand how the junctioning system in Final Fantasy 8 works. So if you don't know, Final Fantasy 8 has like a pretty customizable character creation or character upgrade system. Um, and, and, and customizable in a way that you can kind of screw yourself over. And it also does some stuff that's kind of like not typical for an RPG. So, so there's like level scaling. So, so no matter how much you level in the game, the monsters will always scale with you. So I was smart and was like, I'm going to grind my characters up to level 100 so I can just blast through this game because I've already kind of broken like, you know, mechanically how, how, how I should be building my characters and then finding out later, it's like, oh no, you just made the game 500 times worse for yourself. So I ended up spamming GFs nonstop, uh, for pretty much the entire back half of that game, unfortunately. 
uh, GFs being the summons guardian forces. I think they're what they're they're technically called, but the the summons of that game. Um, but I do I do really like the story. I think I think I do like the I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty big sucker for for kind of vanilla romance stories. Although as vanilla as you know. <laughs> falling in love with uh 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 i don't know i don't know if i want to spoil this or not but but a a special circumstance of falling in love that's kind of weird um and i think i like all the i think i really like all the characters I liked irvine i liked zell i think squall's a good character selfie never never was a huge fan of quistius uh and was her name renoa is her name um I remember not liking Renoa at the time, but when I think back and when I look at what Renoa's dialogue is today, I think I actually like her a lot more than I did back back then. There's a lot of like silly mini games and stuff which I like, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's another alongside Final Fantasy XII is alongside the um, Final Fantasies I want to revisit and really properly play next time rather than spam GFs the entire game and make the uh, the experience even harder on myself. Which I think, you know, this being at number 10 on this list is a good indication of just, like, how strong this, like, I think, even though, even though there's, like, a lot of plot holes and stuff, how strong the story aspect of the game is and the character interaction aspect of the game is, that that made up for me basically having a horrendous experience on the gameplay side. So. <clears throat> Number nine on this list, Final Fantasy XV, caveat, including DLC. Final Fantasy XV is a game that, uh, if you asked me three months ago, would have been much lower on this list. I think it was technically under Final Fantasy XII, if maybe not slightly above it. Um, and part of that is probably just because I played the main story, but oh, what a mess. I have a whole podcast on Final Fantasy XV still, and and, and I, it's kind of an ongoing project for me still, since I'm still doing uh, the, the multiplayer stuff with comrades. And I'm, I'm not sure if I want to do some of the more, you know, outer media stuff with that game in terms of like the movies and the anime, things like that. Um, but, but what I can say about that game is, you know, I don't love the open world part of the game. I think it's, it's kind of, it's necessary from a story perspective to build the type of relationship that the main characters have in that game. Cause it's like a road trip kind of thing rather than a, rather than like a, a epic quest, at least for the beginning of it. Even when you find out like a, a the bad situation has kind of happened, you're still kind of on that road trip to some extent. Um, but really in the back half of it, it just kind of gets worse and worse and worse until you're kind of forced into absolutely pursuing this specific path and that's when kind of the game's budget runs out and you end up on like this 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 tunnel of events where you basically have no access to the open world and just do a bunch of like set pieces but i still think that part of the game is like the best part of the game because it's so focused and and has all that stuff and that's that's why i think the dlc is very important in this equation because if you play the main game alone there's a lot of stuff that's missing i would say uh, in my, my opinion, it, it is missing content. Um, and so the DLC, if by the Royal edition, it's all in, mostly all included in there. Um, it's, it's very, mostly very focused content. It has unique play styles for each of the characters. And in, although some of them are more similar to like Noctis than others. Um, and I think it really, really expands the character development on those and, and, I will say this about Final Fantasy XV is like for all its problems, it's it's maybe the most unique feeling Final Fantasy out of all of them for for not only a gameplay perspective, but also uh, uh, world design perspective, character development perspective, um, just general vibe of the game and everything. Uh, I, I if you haven't played the DLC, I I strongly encourage it, you to because it gives you, uh, I would say an okay look at Gladio. Uh, I think Gladio's story is fine. Uh, I the Prompto has some really fascinating gameplay. It's like a janky third-person shooter, and you do get like a lot of like good emotional development of Prompto. And then you get Ignis's one, which if you I would highly recommend doing both endings for Ignis's story because it shows kind of like this alternate universe series of events that happen that that almost look worse at first but then somehow actually turn out to be better 
and then what happens in the main plot. So I, I highly recommend that. And episode Arden, I would also recommend, although I, I don't know how much like it really gives you story wise. And I, I think it's, I think it's important story wise because Arden as a character isn't really fleshed out in the main game. And he's kind of, Play, he plays a particular role, and I think it makes sense why he plays that role in the main game. But the DLC really explains how he got to be in that role, and and I think it makes it puts a lot of more pieces together. And so I I really highly recommend that. But but yeah, Final Fantasy 15 is a game that I don't know if it's going to continue to climb this list. Every time I reevaluate this list, games move around. I will say again, um, and Final Fantasy 15 has pretty much gone from near the bottom to halfway through this list, which I think is kind of crazy <laughs> that it's gone up that much. Um, um, this list has been kind of in an interesting flux flux recently. I'll, I'll mention it when we get to the other points that's been kind of moving around, but a lot of these have been largely set in stone as well though. So they kind of like they'll float around like Final Fantasy seven and eight might move around a little bit, but they, they, they largely are kind of stuck in their place. Number eight on this list Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Final Fantasy VII is, I guess, technically my first Final Fantasy. I, I played Final Fantasy VI when I was a kid and got through a good chunk of it, but it was on my uncle's save file. file. So Final Fantasy VII was my first, my own first Final Fantasy. And, um, you know, I really, it was really bizarre because I, I came from Final Fantasy VI and really did not expect I had no idea what was happening with Final Fantasy VII and its mature themes. I was like, you know, seven years old at the time. And like, I didn't really understand the honeybee in and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I I like Final Fantasy VII a lot, even though it's kind of, it's kind of simple from a, a gameplay perspective. But I think it does a lot of interesting things with the simplicity of its gameplay with like the materia system. I, I haven't played this game in a long time, so I feel like I, I personally haven't interacted with these systems very, very well. But, like, I can just remember all the situations when I was a kid where I would accidentally mix some material together and it would create, like, a really cool effect. Uh, even if it was as simple as, like, oh, I accidentally attached an all material to, like, a fire spell. And all of a sudden, my character can cast spells on all characters. I was like, well, that's, that's kind of crazy that I can do that. Um, and, and I think there is a lot of like material combinations in that game that will pretty much just break the game. Um, it would be a game that I would like to revisit, but I don't think I ever will, uh, just between, because Final Fantasy 12 and Final Fantasy 8 are, are higher priorities on revisiting. And I will probably play the Final Fantasy 7 remaster and that might just kind of scratch that itch. I, I do think it's a strong cast and, and there's a while where Final Fantasy 7 used to be quite a bit lower on this list. But the more and more I heard about it again recently, and this could be a purely nostalgia thing. Um, the more and more I heard about it recently, though, the more I was like, you know, this is a this is a good Final Fantasy. And, and, and it pretty much lands almost smack dab on the middle of this list. Um, and I and I think that's a proper place to put it. You know, it, it, it kind of set in stone like a new and I think this isn't anything new, but like it set in stone the new, you know, a new format for Final Fantasy and I think Final Fantasy 8 really benefited from that and Final Fantasy 9 um pulls some interesting stuff from this game uh but but we'll get to that when we get to Final Fantasy 9. So I don't know if I really said anything like decent about Final Fantasy 7 other than just like it's simple but I think it's really good. I think it's I think it's well put together for how simple it is and how amateurish it is at times because it is like the first 3D Final Fantasy they were doing. I think it's just a very solid product that they made for a game that probably should have been more of a mess, uh, even if the translation was was kind of a mess. So I'm looking forward to the Final Fantasy VII remake. I think I will definitely pick that up uh, next year, whether I play it or not next year is a whole other thing. <laughs> so number seven on this list, Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X, I uh, had a... Had a a weird period of time in my life where I disliked Final Fantasy X because of a show called Dave and Steve's video game review show or something like that. And they made fun of Titus all the time. And I was a kid and was like, yeah, Titus, he's dumb. And then I played Final Fantasy X and found that I liked Titus actually quite a bit. <laughs> um, uh, the, the exception being that whenever Yuna's around, because him and T Titus and Yuna don't really have a strong personality together. Like, I never really I never really got their relationship. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me other than they just happened to kind of be in these roles. And, and so because of the boy and the girl as the main characters, they suddenly are now romantically involved with each other. Um, but I think I think the, the cast is pretty strong in Final Fantasy X. But I think overall, 
what I was very impressed by, and this may just be, you know, due to my limited limited knowledge of of, of JRPGs, I, I I really haven't played that many. I mean, I've played a chunk, a good chunk, but but I would say I I would probably say there's a lot more JRPGs I wish I've played at this point in my life. Um, but just how fast moving its battle system is for being a turn paced game, and and it, it doesn't have to rely on a lot of the tricks like Suikoden does, where you can like sometimes get like a really fast attack because of like, you know, how, how the turn order works in that game. Um, everything's just very snappy and you're just constantly moving through the menus and, and it's very easy to read what's going on in terms of like, you know, your position of where you'll land on the next turn. I think that's a very like Grandia like system where you kind of, you know, move the position of your, your character, depending on what skill you're using. And by position, I mean, um, like their position in the attack order is what I mean. So like if they would have been, if you did like a normal attack, they would attack again, like the next three, you know, or so character rotations. But if you did like a big attack, it might be like 10 or 15 character rotations. Uh, there's also like the, the, the like shrines kind of thing that has like some puzzle solving in it and things like that. I really like that part, but yeah, I, I think Titus is just like kind of a nerd and I like that. He's just kind of a goofy guy. And and when paired with the right characters, I think he's a very strong um, protagonist. I think characters like Waka and and uh, what's her name? My brain is saying Yuffie, but it's definitely not Yuffie. Uh, starts with an R. Riku, I think Riku is her name. The Kingdom Hearts character Riku. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, but the 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 blonde girl that's like super hyper, like person. I guess I don't know. I think it's just like a, a really strong game. And this game is also one that's kind of climbed my list. It used to be on the kind of below average Final Fantasies, but it's kind of it's kind of gone up. I will say with Final Fantasy X, the, the overworld design is just as bad as Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's a lot of, you know, corridors that you're just kind of running through. And, you know, whether or not that's actually a bad thing is kind of a whole other thing. But but in terms of like the the feeling of being in a world, there's very little overworld stuff in, in Final Fantasy X. Um, you're basically just fly from point to point on an airship. And I was always incredibly surprised by the commentary people made about Final Fantasy 13 and its level design. And then, you know, even though they, uh, that same person may have praised Final Fantasy 10. Uh, although I've seen some interesting arguments of why Final Fantasy 10 works and why Final Fantasy 13 does not. Number six, and this is one of the weird ones, uh, Final Fantasy XIII 2. And just as a heads up, starting right now, I have not played Final Fantasy XIII Lightning Returns. Um, so that is a missing game on this list. But Final Fantasy XIII 2 is actually a Tri-Ace-developed game. Uh, and, it, and it builds kind of on the foundation of Final Fantasy XIII, um, with the exception of you only have like two core characters, and there's like a Pokemon system where you can kind of like switch characters in and out things like that but uh the game the game gets you into the combat like super fast like within the first 30 minutes you are using the paradigm shift stuff you are you are doing doing the core combat of that game and you know admittedly part of that is because you know Final Fantasy 13 came out so they probably felt that you know most people playing Final Fantasy 13 too probably have come off Final Fantasy 13 and probably have an understanding of the battle system um and, and, and let me make a quick note about Final Fantasy XIII and Final Fantasy XIII 2. I did not use auto battle for either of them. I did manual battling for them. So, so your experience may have been different in terms of the combat system. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I think the story part of this game is maybe what really makes it stand out. Well, a couple things. The world design's really good. Uh, so basically you get teleported to different individual areas. And this is something I really like is, um, I like pocket game design, I guess is what you call it. So it's like, a, it's an open area with a lot of things to do, but it's like a pocket of a world. It's it's not like a linear progression through that. And it's not one big open world. Um, and so there's a lot of just like pockets you kind of go into and you do a bunch of quests and objectives within that area. Then once you solve it, you kind of go on to the next pocket. And, and so it allows you to get that freedom of exploration and being out in the world, but also doesn't kind of limit you to you know, having to consistently revisit these areas or, or like, you know, having to worry about how these areas interconnect and things like that. You can just teleport between them and it doesn't really need to have some kind of thought process behind why the snow region is right by the grass region and why that, that pacing works. Um, so I think that part of the game is really strong. I'm not a big fan of the, the, the story that relates back to Final Fantasy 13. There's a lightning and Sarah, Sarah's one of the main characters in this game, so it's kind of inevitable that this is a part of it. But I think Caius may be my favorite Final Fantasy villain. 
Uh, I do think he has a really strong motivation for what he's doing, which I think is pretty rare in most JRPGs where, where usually a boss is just like, I want ultimate power. I want this. I want to cleanse the humankind. Uh, Caius is fighting for a person and, and he, (laughs) I don't think he's necessarily wrong for the choices he's making. Although I think once you actually like figure out what's going to happen based off his actions, it's pretty easy to tell that like, Oh yeah, this is kind of a bad decision, but I feel like you can kind of see why he feels the way he does and why he, the, 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 actions he's trying to take against you in the world uh feel appropriate i feel like there is a logical step that he could have gotten to get there rather than just like oh god has forsaken us i will be the new god or i will cleanse this earth or i need more power or or something along those lines that most jrpg bosses can kind of fall into or i am god and don't don't come get me please <laughs> the church is bad <laughs> um um, and, and I think Kais is a great character. I think Noel is maybe not a great character, but the, the situations he's put in and his story in relation to Caius and the conflict between them is, is really strong. And Hope is an amazing character in this game. I love Hope because he, he is unlike everybody else in this game who has like the power to travel through time and all this other stuff. Like Hope is just a dude and he's a very smart dude but like he can't travel through time. So, so he, he has to like use science and stuff to kind of like get himself around to help you. And, and you know, he's, he's, he's an extraordinary person. I will say within the context of the world, I kind of talked recently, well, recently as of me recording this, I talked about like how I really like things that are like an, a ordinary person in an extraordinary role, um, accomplishing something, through ordinary means but with an extraordinary effect on the world, I guess. And, and hope is maybe not a hundred percent that, but he is in order. Like the fact that he can't time travel like everybody else kind of brings him closer back to the ordinary person realm. Uh, the part where he makes an entire society and, and stuff is maybe a bit less ordinary, but, uh, but yeah, he's a really strong character in that game. And, you know, I think, I think it's really impressive because in, in, in Final Fantasy Thirteen, the first half of the game, Hope is not a fun character. He basically is kind of just a whiny boy. And eventually he figures out what like what his issues are in that game and kind of recovers from them. But he doesn't really become a strong character. Final Fantasy Thirteen Two, he is a strong character. So all the time travel stuff is a bit weird in it, but that's just kind of how... You gotta, gotta, there's some leanings you just have to give time travel games because time travel is crazy. So here's where where the list is going to be um, both, I think, in line with some people's expectations, but also incredibly off in other people's expectations. As we go through these games, you're probably going to figure out pretty easily which ones are which. Uh, this one being one that's incredibly off, probably. Number five for me is Final Fantasy XIV version 1.23b. Uh, this is the pre-shutdown version of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, had significant changes to the gameplay and combat of the of the the system from Final Fantasy 14.1.0, and but but still kept a lot of the the cross class still stuff, although although they had limited with jobs and and had a more uh, gear that had more specific purposes like gear that enhanced certain abilities and things like that, um, and it also had a a battle system that in some ways didn't quite function well because there were issues with like lag because the servers were in Japan and there's this whole thing with animations in those games where animations would take priority over movement so like if you're doing a weapon skill so if you're like doing a special attack you couldn't move even if the game really needed you to move to to like not die um um and so there are things like that but I feel like the, what this game had that the the that Final Fantasy 14 doesn't have today is character customization. You know, you could sit there and you could you could build your if you know as a paladin you could build your strength, mind, or vitality to whatever you felt was was appropriate for your, what you were trying to do with your character, and you could build your like make yourself as a different type of tank compared to other players in the game. 
Um, and then the other thing was, uh, like I said, like the armor also had trade-off pieces, Pe- like pieces of boots that might not have the highest defense might have a benefit of a different skill on there. And, and so you, you gotta get, you gotta do like a lot of trade-off with that. I had like a jacket in that game that was normal jacket, but like it had a huge defense boost if you had a specific effect on you that you had to pay money to get. So you pay money, get this really strong, uh, body armor at the time and then, and then, as long as you didn't die, or or you know, the time frame didn't run out on it, you had this really strong body piece. And I and I like, I like those those kind of systems in those game in the game where you feel like you can really look at what what challenges you're facing and you're going to be facing, and and piece together things that you have as like a a way to kind of preemptively prepare yourself for that and i think some of that is fun final fantasy 14 2.0 but it's probably more based around skills like you know if you if you're like oh you know this boss does a specific thing so you want to you know make sure you're going to use this specific skill to kind of counteract that um i liked having that more expanded into the gear part of the game and like having it being like a pre-prep situation kind of thing and i think the combat system um is more of my style um i don't want to spend too much time ragging on speed but i do like the slower speed of final fantasy 14 1.23b um i i just find final fantasy 14 2.0 and beyond too fast for me i know most people don't feel that way and that's fine uh but i think the other like major impact of that speed is um there i feel like there's a lack of impact on weapon skills and part of this or skills in general in that game and part of this is because i think i'm not familiar with the current like damage values in that game because i haven't played in so long so when i get a defense boost like i have no real concept for for how well that's you know increasing my defense i know i have an increased defense and i can look at those values and and see what those values are but it's not really it doesn't really give me a sense of satisfaction seeing those values slightly adjust you know, and then I can stack on more stuff that if I want to try to adjust it even more. Um, um, but like with Final Fantasy, f- and, and you have this like constant combo of skills you're doing that that is really your base damage. Like as much as these combos are special skills, they're just your base damage. They may as well be like a manual auto attack is how I kind of feel about it. Um, and then if so in Final Fantasy 14 1.23b, uh, you have an auto attack and that just kind of acts as your auto attack. And then you have these skills that you use um, that are slow. They, they don't proc very often. You have cooldown times of, you know, 30 seconds to one and a half minutes, if not longer, sometimes shorter, depending on the skill. Um, and so so you had it was a very slow battle system. But when when those moves hit, you could feel it like the enemy's health bar would just drop a huge amount when you're using those skills and things like that. Um, not always a huge amount, but you could see it and you could feel it. And like, you really would see the big improvement and damage over like your auto attacks and things like that. And maybe limit breaks is what that is in Final Fantasy 14 2.0. But I feel like limit breaks as a tank, at least is something I not, I don't take personal pleasure in because I'm not really interacting with it at all. Um, in that regard. Um, and I think you just like, you had a lot more flexibility in how you played your class and and that was kind of like the basis of 1.0 in general was like hey we're gonna add a lot of flexibility obviously you still had the technical issues you had the world design things like that were still bad but i think this was just a a really and i think this this game is definitely inflated by the fact that it's not around anymore i think i think because it's gone i definitely find it to be more desirable and as final fantasy 14 kind of moves further and further away from what 1.23b was the more and more I probably find this this version of the game desirable, and there's like a classic server out there that uh, that has it. But I do I do like that game a lot, and I have really fond memories of it. And and you know I I don't want to say I wish it was back, but you know I wish I could reference it easier um, so I could talk about it more efficiently because I think it is a special game to me at least, um, if only because of the context of what what that game became. So. Number four on this list is Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX is a game that for a long time was sitting at my number one. I th- I kind of view this game in some ways as the ultimate Final Fantasy from, 
from two different perspectives. It is the ultimate final, first Final Fantasy you play because it, it, it sums up not only the Super Nintendo games, but also the PlayStation games. So if you want to really get a feel for Final Fantasy pre-2000 or, you know, it, the, the, yeah, pre-2000 games from then, um, Final Fantasy IX is the perfect encapsulation of all that. It has the technical prowess of Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII has the, the the character development of those games and, the, you know, the graphics, graphical style. Well, not even graphical style, but, like, the, the graphics and technology of it. But then you have, like, the Final Fantasy uh, 1 through 6 setting, world design, types of skills and stuff you have, character classes. I'd say it's a very similar style of writing and things like that. So it's, like, this all-encompassing piece that's great for both as an introduction, I think, to Final Fantasy. And then also as, like, a, as a, a kind of nice, like, like, end cap piece of, like, hey... I've played through a bunch of these Final Fantasy games and, you know, I'm done and I just kind of want to, like, have that one Final Final Fantasy. Nine is, like, a, a fantastic trip through memory lane, I feel like, for even some of the future Final Fantasy. I feel like, you know, uh, uh, 11, you know, is pretty heavily based off the older Final Fantasies and 14 and extension is kind of also based off of that because of it. Um, I think what has really... And I, like the character development is really great in this game. It's all super charming. It all's it's all great. Like I think the the, the dungeon design is is great. The story is really enjoyable. There's kind of like a nonsensical final boss fight, but you really get to see strong development from Zidane, and and you get these like really touching stories with Vivi and the black mages in that game. And everybody just has like a, a really strong development. It's a great looking game artistically, but unfortunately the resolution kind of gets in the way of of really fully appreciating that game. Um, but you can't play HD versions of that now, just you have the blurry backgrounds and stuff. But you do get the nice clean character models these days. Um, but the real the real thing that has has steadily dropped this game down my list is the gameplay is super slow. Uh, even with the sped up um, summons, the game just goes at a crawl. And this may be my mistake, but I tried increasing the speed of the game. And while that worked in some regards, there was the issue of the animations did not speed up. And there are significant periods of time where the animations would stop the progress bar or like, you know, you have to sit there, not not stop the progress bar, sorry, the active time battle, but uh, it would not stop the active time battle, but you would still have to watch this animation, even though the active time battle is moving forward. So everybody would have moves queued, but you're still waiting for this one attack animation to play out. And it made it very difficult to plan uh, uh, support skills and things like that. You know, it made it difficult to plan, and and I wonder sometimes if I were to play that without the the speed turned up, if if I would have saved myself some trouble. But but it's just a slow, slow game, and and the more and more I think about that game from a gameplay perspective, the less and less I like it, which is a shame because I think every other part of Final Fantasy IX is almost near perfect and a a great trip down memory lane and a great introduction piece like it, it's it works in so many different ways that i think it's it's a very commendable game in that regard um but i don't know like if i can get over the battle system long term um because that just that seems to slowly eat away at me more and more over the years number three on this list is final fantasy V. I like Final Fantasy V a lot. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like, it's always kind of felt like off-brand Final Fantasy to me. And I don't know why that's the case. Maybe because it was just that that Super Nintendo Final Fantasy that never got localized. Um, but I really like the uh, the main cast. I like like Bart and, or Bart's butts, uh, Ferris, and I forget the other two characters. G. Galoot. And then there's like one other person, the lady. I don't remember her name. She's like the princess lady. And none of them are particularly strong characters, but they all have a strong personality. Like, like they have a good personality that's like laid out in front of them, but the game's not really focused on them. So, so you have these like really fun characters put in really fun situations and, you know, you get to do a lot of really silly stuff in the game. And it feels like a game that's very lighthearted, uh, that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Although, you know, literally there's a character who dies. Um, but you know, um, and I think like, like from a battle system perspective, it's, it's mechanically interesting with its sub job system. There's a lot of customization you can do, um, or at least like a lot of options you can do with, in terms of like, you know, selecting jobs and sub jobs. And, and there's just a ton of sprite work. That's really nice looking because you have that job system similar to Final Fantasy three on the DS. Um, 
And so I'm just like, I, I, I think it's a really strong game. It's a fast moving game. Um, uh, it, it maybe doesn't do anything particularly like innovative in terms of the, the, the combat system itself, but, uh, it basically is just taking Final Fantasy IV's combat and, and kind of implementing it over. But I think everything else surrounding it make it really strong. Uh, the only thing is that the story isn't great, but you know, I think, I think that the time you spend building and customizing your characters and the time you spend with the character, like the, the actual personalities of these characters and stuff is, is very well worth it. And I think it's, it might be the funnest Final Fantasy. I feel like, like, I feel like Final Fantasy V is just a fun game, uh, to play. Number two on this list is Final Fantasy VI, and uh, you know I I really you know I grew up with this game, so so there is the, always the argument that maybe there's this is for nostalgic purposes, and I do think there is some fundamental flaws of Final Fantasy VI, in particular when it comes to the um, the uh, battle or the character development in terms of the the stats and stuff, because it's like Final Fantasy VII where everybody can just kind of be everything. Uh, but each character has, like, you know, their own special individual skills, which I don't know if Final Fantasy VII really even has that outside of Limit Breaks. Um, and, and so you have this really large cast of characters, and 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 they're, you know, to some extent they're distinct with their individual abilities. But overall, I think as the game goes on, depending on how you build your characters, they become more and more homogenous. And it really doesn't matter who you have in your party a lot of times. Which, But in some ways, I think that's also important because the game spends a lot of time kind of breaking you up between different groups. And if you have a situation where like you didn't have a healer in a group, you probably would be kind of messed, <laughs> messed up in some situations. Um, but it's a very expansive game. It, it, it really makes great use of the 16 bit hardware. You know, the opera scene is always the one everybody wants to point to. Um, but it's, it, 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 unlike Final Fantasy seven, which like kind of feels like it expanded in the way of like mini games and stuff. Final Fantasy six has a lot of sequences, but they're very focused on still the core mechanics of the game. There's not too many situations where you're kind of doing something that's kind of out of place. It's just kind of like a weird sequence of events or you're, you're kind of pursuing a, an interesting goal, but you're still doing that within the confines of the gameplay itself. And despite the cast being so large, I think most of the characters are very, very well detailed. They have their own really significant backstories. I feel like, um, I think there's some really cool twists in the story. Uh, and then you, you basically get like an entire second world you get to play with. And, and that whole second world basically has a ton of like optional side quests and stuff where you can go and, and get even more story from these characters and stuff. And, and you, it really spends its time cultivating that. And, and I think Kefka, you know, as, I don't like Kefka as much as Caius, but I think he's a really fun boss character throughout the game. And, and I, people like him a lot for a reason. Um, uh, and I think he, he's held up a lot better than like a Sephiroth or something like that, where Sephiroth just kind of feels like edgelord kind of thing. I would put Sephiroth pretty high in like a villain list, but, but Caius is definitely number one, and 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 um, Kefka would probably be floating pretty low, or just beneath that. I feel like it's also just a great looking game too. Um, I really just think the only real problem I can think about with this game is that the actual stat development of the game, from character perspective, is is just not particularly strong. But but there are things there that I think still keep it interesting and keep each character feeling somewhat unique, even if even if they start becoming more and more homogenized and everybody just starts casting Pearl or something like that, or Holy, whatever it was technically called in the original one. So number one is a nasty one. Uh, it's Final Fantasy XI. And whenever I make this list, um, Final Fantasy XI goes between a handful of situations. In this case, it's number one. Um, sometimes it's not on the list at all. And sometimes it floats a, a little bit above Final Fantasy XIV 1.23b. I I have a really hard time categorizing this game because it is a game I spent like five years with, and I, I've written about it before. And you know, I, I mentioned nostalgia a few times in here, but if there's one game I truly know that I have nostalgia for, it's Final Fantasy XI. And if you sit there and ask me to talk about stories about Final Fantasy XI all those years, like every other Final Fantasy XI player, I can do that. Um, so that makes it very difficult to come down to the point of saying what makes Final Fantasy XI a strong video game. Um, and I'm not going to be able to answer that question for you here probably, but I'll, I'll do my best to give you as much information I can think of in terms of that. And, and this might be something I'll revisit, revisit in the future of 
of maybe trying to find somebody to talk about the the significance of Final Fantasy XI within the, the Final Fantasy brand because I think that's sometimes difficult to tell uh, because I feel like the people who are invested in Final Fantasy XI, like many MMOs, probably overestimate the value of their MMO because they spent so much time with it. Um, anyway, so 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 what makes Final Fantasy XI particularly strong? Uh, one thing is just that it's been around forever, so so there's a ton, a ton, a ton of story content, a ton of characters uh, that are that are really interesting, and and I feel like the Chains of Promethea storyline, in particular, the Seekers of Adullam one, and I feel like uh, the Wings of the Goddess one starts strong but kind of ends poorly. But there are some really strong stories in Final Fantasy XI, and because they're they're it's you know expansion pack based. Um, um, there are multiples of those, those really strong stories, but then there are also stories like Rise of the Zillart, which is, uh, maybe not as strong, but, but it has a, a, a charming cast of characters between each one. You get it like an, each one, like you, you, you are kind of always somewhat revisiting these old characters, but then you also have, have kind of a new central cast every time, um, as you, you learn more about like, you know, the, the, the world's or the new areas and things like that. And the lore kind of gets built around it because the MMO, it's got a huge amount of lore, just like I'm about to say. Um, the other part, and this is part of like what I like about Final Fantasy 14 1.23B a lot is, is it's just really customizable. There's a lot you can do in Final Fantasy 11 to make your character, how you want to make it, even though you pick a particular job. So unlike, you know, base current or current Final Fantasy 14, where your role like what you specialize in really depends on what job you're choosing. So yes, you have you, you yes, I want to be a tank, uh, but I want to do, be a tank that does more damage. So you can look at things like Dark Knight and I maybe uh, Gunbreaker. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know kind of the current stat flow of who does what at the moment. Um, but like I feel like in Final Fantasy 14, it says, hey, if you want to be a damage dealing tank, select the job that fits that. Where Final Fantasy XI doesn't necessarily say that, and it says, "Hey, you can kind of, you know, adjust your character on the fly. Even you can switch out equipment. You can make macros which switch out equipment like mid combo. So like you're sitting there doing a bunch of stuff. You're casting spells, and these spells have particular modifiers on it. And you're like, oh, I have one headpiece that's used for, that is not useful for anything else except for magnifying this one spell I have. So you have a macro that swaps that headpiece in while you cast the spell, and once it's back off, once you finish casting the spell, it you know you put back on your old headpiece and things like that." And it just it offers a lot of flexibility. Uh, I really like the world design, although I would say, you know, it's it probably from a a a new player perspective and trying to, um, you know, play through that game. I it would probably feel pretty empty. There's kind of key points on the map these days where it's easy to warp around, and and there's a lot less like kind of aimless wandering. I feel like in that game than than there used to be when you play it in modern day. That's the other thing with Final Fantasy XI is the constantly transforming game, just like Final Fantasy XIV is a constantly transforming game. And so like my feelings on it is kind of mixed and I, I'm not like in, in the modern end game. Um I also just I, I really like the battle system. It doesn't have an ATB system. It is a, a pretty straightforward cooldown system, but because there's a lot of flexibility in the game, you you really have the ability to to kind of you know, select whatever sub job you want and take, make use of, of a complete set of uh, spells and skills. And because the game isn't really like streamlined in any way, you have access to a mountainous wall of skills, depending on your job. And, and even if a lot of those skills are, are mostly useless, sometimes that skill can be useful. And it like makes you really think about your complete arsenal and what you have in your inventory and say, what do I want to use? You know, the spell I learned two years ago that I've never used once. Now's the time you finally get that payoff. <laughs> um, so yeah, things like that. And, uh, and I think the music's really strong, but like, I think the Final Fantasy 11 just has the huge benefit of it's been around so long. There's been so much music made for it. So many, so many storylines have been told and it's just like almost just by sheer quantity alone, it, it stands on top. Um, but yeah, like I said, this list is not a formal or objective list. This is a hundred percent my gut. And I guarantee you, if you ask me about this list a month or two from now, it's probably going to have changed to some extent. Um, so I would really like to get back to Final Fantasy XI in terms of like, you know, having a better analysis of that game, especially in a modern sense. I feel like all my, my perspective is from when I played the game back in like, you know, 2001 to like 2008 or whatever it was. I don't know the, the time frame, but you know, a time frame. Um, 
And and yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot to still be said about Final Fantasy XI, but how who says it and to what degree and 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 how they say it, I think is super important. And I would like to see that going forward because I think right now it's very difficult to convince people why to like why Final Fantasy XI matters. So. So yeah, that's my giant list of Final Fantasy. I hope you enjoyed it. It looks like it's been about an hour. So so thank you for, for coming and listening to me ramble this entire time about Final Fantasy. I, I really look forward to seeing where the series goes. And I'm looking forward to playing like Lightning Returns and Final Fantasy X-2 eventually. So they can eventually be added to this list. Um, and, and I'm not really looking forward to it. But I would like to put more time into Final Fantasy XIV, modern day Final Fantasy XIV, and, and get further in that game. So, so yeah. Uh, once show reports the website, I don't know what kind of content's up on the website this week. It's probably going to be, you know, a mix of pre-recorded content. I'm, my aim, at least, I, let me not even say at the moment, because I don't want to commit to something and then, you know, change it and then not be able to edit it out of this or forget to. Um, but yeah, yeah, look on the website. I'll, I'll, I'll have some kind of update probably on what kind of, what you should expect. Also check my Twitter feed, things like that. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming. Wonkshowreport.com is the website, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.